Should you die with zero? Should you leave this world with zero dollars in the bank? Is it smart or wise or admirable for you to leave with nothing, for you to spend all that you have in retirement or, or before and to leave nothing to anyone else to fully enjoy your money now and die with zero? Bill Perkins, in his book, Die With Zero, says this is precisely what we should do. We should try to enjoy our money, to make the most of our money and our lives, even if it means ending up, and especially if it means ending up with nothing in the end. He says, while it may be an impossible task, it is a worthwhile goal. So let's look at this, this concept Dying with zero. So look at the books, and the book has pros and cons, and let's examine some of those together. First, Bill Perkins puts forward several good concepts in the book. I won't cover the whole book. If you want to get it, you can get it and read it for yourself or listen to it for yourself. But he covers a number of, of concepts, which I think are really good. The first concept is to don't maximize optimize. Don't maximize, optimize. That Bill argues that far too many middle and upper class Americans, we spend too much time trying to maximize our money, maximize our retirement funds, maximize all these things, and not enough times optimizing. We, we, we try to, to maximize the amount of money that we die with and we forego experiences and impactful actions and events and other things that we could do with the people that we love in favor of gaining more money than we could possibly use or enjoy. Instead, we should be trying to optimize our money, to get the most out of our life and our money. And that means finding the best possible way to spend our money, to be intentional with what we spend on throughout our life to enjoy it more. At the end of the day, we don't need to enjoy all the money that we leave. And for the most part, a lot of our kids that get it don't enjoy it as much as we hope. And so there's a lot going to waste. Now, this doesn't mean we're being foolish. It doesn't mean that we don't save or that we don't save enough or that we spend frivolously, but that we'll find a better life and make a better life if we spend intentionally with the goal of dying with zero. And so one of the first principles that I think is a good principle is to don't maximize, but rather optimize. Next, he talks about investing in experience, right? And that many people fall into the trap of only investing in accounts. We accrue large sums of money for when we're old, but by the time we get there, we're too old to actually enjoy it. We don't feel like going and doing anything with it. And that, he says, is a waste. Right? And the data is clear. In the end, no one wishes that they had upgraded their iPhone more often. No one wishes that they had driven better cars throughout their lifetime. The things that we buy and accumulate and possess aren't ultimately what give our life satisfaction. What we truly enjoy are our relationships and the experiences with those people that we love. That is what matters in the end. And time and time after again, it's been proven that that is what matters. And so we can either wait until we get to that point when we're at the end of our life and we look back and realize we wish we'd spent more time with the people we love, that we invested more in relationships and into accounts, or we can learn from those who have already been there and start making changes now. We can, we can know these things. We can actually believe them and then we can change our action and behaviors to reflect this reality. And so here's the thing. If we 
invest more in experiences now with the people that we love, we can earn memories. And memories, he says, pay these memory dividends. Right? Having experiences pay memory dividends. And that is that we have these great experiences with people that we love. And we don't just enjoy it in the moment, but rather that we continue to remember it and relive those experiences over and over and over again. And the sum, you know, even the one experience and the sum of all those little remembrances over the course of our life can often all add up to be worth more than the actual experience itself. And that is a good investment. And when we're too old to do anything with our money, when we're our no-go years, those memory dividends can pay us a thick income of times remembered when we can no longer go out and make new memories ourselves. And so invest in experiences, not things. What about the kids, right? And this comes up immediately in his book and then throughout his book because that is the number one objection that Bill gets. What about the kids? And many folk, right, they aim to leave some kind of inheritance to their children or maybe grandchildren. They believe that if they spend their money down, right, that they are being selfish, that they're somehow spending their children's inheritance. And maybe that their children deserve some of it or, or they're just a bad person if they don't leave an inheritance so that they're selfish or whatever else. And somehow their children will be destitute if they don't get an inheritance. And we know this is wrong on the face of it, right? If you even, of course, phrasing it that way it makes it sound stupid. And so we don't really believe that. But I think a lot of times we can kind of think that. But think about this, right? Most children, when they get an inheritance from their parents, are already in their 50s or 60s. Their retirement is already set. And they're often frequently beyond the optimal years of making memories themselves and experiencing it anyway. And so we have people who, who live for a long time at foregoing experiences, foregoing building relationships, only to leave a huge chunk of money to their kids who are already doing the same thing. And eventually, no one is truly optimized. No one's truly living the life that they could be living with their funds. So, so that's, what, that's what he advocates, right? It's if you are going to leave your kids money, why wait until you die? Why not give them money while you're still alive? Why not remember and enjoy it with them? Right? Instead of giving them all a lump sum in the end, why not give them some chunks along the way? Instead of giving it to them when they're old and they're already set, why not give it to them when they're young and might actually need it? Why not, instead of just thinking about in the future, hey, eventually I'll be able to give them this and it'll be a great blessing, why not actually enjoy the fruits of that blessing now instead of just the thought of it in the future? Those dividends pay beyond your lifetime. What about charitable giving, right? So it's the other objection that he gets. A lot of people want to give money to charity when they die and they've got uh, charities or their church or things in their, in their trusts or in their wills or in their beneficiaries. And the answer for Bill is the same. Why not give it now? Why wait until you die? If you really want to give some, if you want to have something left over to give to your churches and charities in the end, why not just give it while you're alive and enjoy the fruits? I thoroughly enjoyed the book Die With Zeros. And I give it a hearty recommendation, but there are a couple of issues that I want to touch on just briefly before we get there, right? One is, is just the perspective of the author, right? Bill Perkins himself is a, is a multi-millionaire, most of which he earned through being a hedge fund manager, right? Which just gives him a different perspective than, than you or I or most of my audience listening to this. And that, you know, his ability to spend on experiences and enjoy his money and build those quality times instead of building up his wealth is far different 
than ours. Right? And that doesn't to say that isn't still a quality thing for them, right? That that people with uh, lots and lots of money, millions and millions of dollars can't be spending more. It's still an important message for them. It's also still an important message for those who aren't that much, right? Who, who, who have much more meager, uh, retirement, we'll say, but it's sufficient for them. There's still a lot of good in the principle, even if his perspective is a little bit different, right? He's not really worried about running out of money. And I'm not sure you can completely relate to those who are worried about that. But money is relative, right? What, what for one couple dying with a half million dollars might be completely running out of money. That might feel like dying with zero to them. Well, for another one, that would be the best case scenario, right? And it's something that they would sacrifice all kinds of relationships and stuff to get to. And so the general principle must be applied to individual households on a case by case basis. But still, I see this all the time where far too many middle class earners, right? People just do standard jobs, but we're good, diligent savers. They save way too much, right? They forgo way too many experiences with their kids or their spouses or whatever else in their lives to save up some giant nest egg. They spend more than they're able to, they save more than they're able to spend, and then they keep more than they should in retirement. Sometimes it's out of fear, sometimes it's out of status, or they finally build this up and now they want to keep it. But I believe that even middle class earners, middle class savers can learn a lot from this principle. The other thing that he mentions too that I just want to quickly throw out there is he mentions annuities as an example, right? He, he talks when he's trying to adjust people who are worried about running out of money, he says, you know, he suggests and he, he's clear to say, I don't recommend, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not really sure, but you know, you could explore annuities and he brings up enough times that even though it's not a recommendation, the suggestion is there that it's going to, I think, push a lot of people towards exploring that. And, and the whole point, right, is that annuity can take your lump sum of money and then pay you a guaranteed income stream for life. So it doesn't matter how long you live, you can never outlive it. But then when you both die, the income goes away and you've died with zero right? And, and so that's, that's the, the plan behind that, right? That's how you can die with zero without you can, you can die with zero money in your account without running out of income because you have this annuity. And if you've been listening to me for any length of time, you probably know that I'm against annuities. I recommend against annuities. And, and if you really need one, make sure you get an advisory annuity, right? Because then you go, you get rid of the, the seven year surrender period that's on most annuities where you can't get your money back out without a huge penalty over that time, right? Most people's lives change drastically, even just year to year, let alone over seven years. And so to, to think that you're going to be able to commit that amount of money to something and not change your mind and not have your, your circumstances changed under you, I think is a bit naive. Like most people, they just can't do that. And so I, I'm, I'm pretty against annuities. If you have to do one, do the advisory kind. Um, but you know, the thing about annuities, right, is they might be a great way to die with zero, did I with no money left in your accounts, but they're not a great way to maximize your money. They're not a great way to be intentional with your spending and to get the most out of your money because they're very expensive and they're generally terrible for the end user. Because we got to look at what's the real goal, right? And Dive Zero is, is a catchy thing. It's, it, it makes headlines. You, you look at the title of the book, and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I kind of want to explore that. And so it's good for that, but it's not really a great goal by itself. You know, there, there are, are ways to truly die with zero, right? You can delay social security to the end and you can and you put all your money in annuities. And that's, that's a really great way to have zero in your account, but have plenty of income coming in. And so that you can, you know, never wor be worried about running out of income, but have zero in your account. That is a great way. So you can do that. It is possible to die with zero, but is that the main goal? Is that what we, what we are really after? And, and I don't think so. I think it's about optimizing between two extremes, right? We don't want to die with zero, but we also don't want to just make the most money. Instead, we want to make the most of our money. We want our money to go the furthest for us and do the most good for us and our family and, and for memories and experiences and for giving and generosity. Whatever it is, we want our money to do the best 
for us, not ultimately to die with zero. So there's 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 ways we can do that, right? There's three ways. One, one have fulfilling relationships. Right? We can't buy relationships, but we can sacrifice our relationships for money. And too many of us have done that or are in the process of doing that or will do it in the future or if we're not careful. And so we can undo that, right? By especially if we've already spent too much of our relationships, too much time uh, building money and wealth instead of relationships, we can start using some of that wealth and money to build back or strengthen those relationships. We can invest in our relationships and in experiences with those people that we love and make that trade back the other way. We don't want to die with zero, right? We want to die a hero, a hero to those we love and to be most respected and loved by those who know us best. That's what we want. So fulfilling relationships for meaningful work, right? Is, is, a, is it worth it to work a job that you hate for decades just so that you can have more money in the end? Money that you probably not going to be able to spend and you're just going to end up going to someone else in the first place. And I would say no. I would contend that the answer is no, that we should do meaningful work that we actually enjoy. And if we are just doing a job we hate just for the money, then we might need to rethink what money means to us and what we're trying to do. Meaningful work is better than lucrative work. If you can get both, awesome. But choose the fulfilling and meaningful work first if you have the choice. And third, and you know, having amazing experiences, right? Again, no one looks back on their deathbed and thinks, I wish I'd upgraded my phone, iPhone every year. Nobody looks back and says, I wish I'd, I'd driven better cars. I wish I'd bought more clothes. I wish I'd consumed more things. We'll look back and wish we had more time with the people that we love, more experiences to dwell on and enjoy. And so we can have amazing experiences. We can invest in those experiences and make memories that last a lifetime. So how do we do this, right? How do we optimize? How do we make the most of our money? How do we die here? How do we balance living now without jeopardizing ourselves in the future? Well, first we have to adopt the right mindset, right? We, we, why do we have this money? What is its purpose? For, for many of us, you know, this represents status and achievement. We, we, we don't maybe like to admit it, but we look at a large nest egg and, and it proves to someone, even if that someone is just us, that we achieve something that we did something worthwhile that we now, you know, you can look at the fruit of all of our labor and sacrifice and, and, and we see this big pile of money. And for a lot of us, we can't actually fathom that going down. We can't, we can't actually imagine that money going down in retirement as we're spending and investing in relationships and giving to people and all these things, because to us then is our worth also going down along with that account balance. So we need to kind of separate, right, our human worth from our net worth and realize that those two are not related and have just the right mindset around what is our money there for? What is it, what is it, where can it be used best? And once we adopt the right mindset, I'm not sure it's saying you have the wrong mindset. You might not agree with any of these things. And for you, leaving inheritance is the most important thing. And you don't care about experiences or anything. That's fine. But whatever it is, what is the mindset that is best for you and for what you need? And, and how do we adopt that? And how do we make sure that we're not living in some lies or living on the expectations that others have placed on us and instead doing what we truly care about. So we need to adopt the right mindset. We need to establish or maybe reestablish our goals, right? What are we actually trying to achieve? What is this money for? Are we trying to leave a huge inheritance? Is that what we really want? Or is there a better way to leave a legacy? Can we leave the legacy of, of more experiences with our family, of more trips, more travel, of more gifts, of more generosity, whatever it is, is there a better way to do this. And so we, really, you know, we maybe look at uh, what, what are we currently projected to leave to our children and grandchildren, churches and charities in the end, and is that too much? 
right? Is there something else that we can or should be doing with that? Can we can we lower that a little bit? It doesn't have to go all the way down to zero. Again, we don't have to die with zero, but can we could we cut in half what we're projected to leave in the end so that we can do more with it now? Right, so we can build some some last, maybe some final experiences now that we can then enjoy for years and years to come. Only you can answer these questions for yourself. So we need to establish or reestablish our goals, and we need to create a plan to get there. Right, we, you know, a, a financial plan can help. Don't buy a financial product like an annuity. Get a financial strategy, and the right plan can help you optimize. Right, okay, then so based on these goals, based on where we are now, where we want to get to, how do we make sure that we make the most of our money across our entire lifetime? Right, and then we need to follow and adopt, adopt and follow that plan. Uh, adopt it and adapt it. Right, do the plan, start with the plan, and then it's going to have to change. Because right? financial planning is not being about being precisely right today; it's about being less wrong tomorrow. Or we don't know what's going to happen in, in two years, in five years, in seven years, in twenty years. But having some kind of plan to guide us, and then shifting and developing that plan as we go, will help us to constantly be intentional about getting the most out of our life and our money. So get a plan, follow the plan, and really think, what is money to you? What does it mean to us? And how can we get the most out of our money and our lives? Cheers. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership, and there's a host of benefits all for free. For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income, on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait. So join us now at retiremembership.com where you can click in the link in the description and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.